Nobody wants to listen to an instrument out of tune. Nobody wants to find a drum set that's got holes in it and say, let's play something amazing. Maybe Metallica concert. It's going to be crazy. How about a Wu-Tang concert? I don't know what your favorite band is. Or Mute Math, Coldplay. Okay, mercy me for the super holy spiritual ones. And you find that instrument, you look at it, and you think there's just really no significant value once it's broken. And one of the things that is just so beautiful about the good news of Jesus is that he only works with those that recognize they're broken. It's so powerful. It's so beautiful. That as we fully embrace that we can't do it, God starts to say, I can use them and I can play beautiful music through them. There's so much freedom when you embrace the effects of what this world has done to us. The fallenness, the sin, the issues, the hate, the anger, all of it. And say, I am vulnerable and I need help and I can't clean myself. And it's awesome because I know the one that can. Starts to give you a new purpose, a new swagger. Gives you a backbone. We're always kind of playing this game of do I add up? Am I enough? Is this right? Is this wrong? And I believe we're, we're, we're having checks and balances all off. And it's not going to allow us to be most effective on the field, most effective in the Lord's army or most effective in the Lord's band. And what I mean by this is to paint a picture and kind of give you some categories is we're always asking the question, is this sacred? Is this please God or is this secular? And how do I get right with God? As opposed to seeing the whole gospel of what it means that Jesus found you, he frees you, and then he starts to show you how he made this thing and how it should operate. It seems so similar, but it's, but it's radically different. And you can find it in our language when we talk to people is um, I, people start saying, well, okay, uh, but I need to do this and I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't show up or I can't add value and I'm not good enough. And, and it's always kind of leading with this, this um, false humility and false confidence and not knowing who Jesus made you to be. When you start saying things like greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, that's not some mantra that just throws out, all right, I need to convince myself um, that, that there's something good in me. No, it's speaking truth that Jesus is in you and he's in you on your worst day, but he wants to use you so profoundly. And as you start to kind of recalibrate, you'll, you'll, you'll get that, that momentum in your life. And as we think about what the series is all about, it's been this heart deposit to say that what maybe we don't understand doesn't necessarily mean that we should reject it. Maybe there's a purpose for it. And now, talking about the topic of art, there's so many different ways that God has used people throughout history. And when we think about artists, sometimes we wait until they're dead to cheer them on and say, oh, it really, this is a beautiful painting. But if we were around them during the time, we'd, we'd want to shun them. And it takes a, a while because we're confused. And I think, I think that it's healthy intentions. I don't think the church wanted to just, you know, ostracize, ostracize people. They wanted to fully kind of serve God, but protect him in this legalist box. And because once it gets messy, we don't know what to do. And that isn't the most freeing state. And, and I want to present to you this morning that I think too often we're living in fear, not faith. 
Now here's October. It's a month where it's a little different. It's awkward. Seasons are changing. Pumpkins, what do we do? As Christians, do we carve? Don't we carve? As Christians, do we go out for trick-or-treat or don't we go out for trick-or-treat? And there's this good filter I've heard one preacher say is you, you, there's three categories that you should think about. Should I receive this as it is? Should I reject this? Or is there a redemption Christian remix version? Redeem. Is it redeemable? So receive, reject, or redeem. And so receive means I can just receive this. An orange is not bad. You, I eat an orange, I partake it. And then we start to say reject. Well, this is where it gets really confusing because do we reject a, a Disney movie? They got magic in it. Or do we give a redemptive version and we got to have veggie tales? What do we do? And this is where there's a little bit of freedom for personal um, conviction and faith. Now, we're making it a gospel issue. And so I know this is a little weighty for some of us just to think. But I think subconsciously why this is good, lean in this morning. Subconsciously, this is influencing your life and it's influencing your view on Jesus more than you realize. Sacred, secular. What's God like and what doesn't he like? Does God like, what's his preference and we're so interested in the rules. I need the assignment. I need the rule book. But it's interesting. As you go back to the original church, they had a creed. And they just kind of talked about the core fundamentals of what it means to be a Jesus follower. And it was all talking about the main core things, who Jesus is, what his church should be involved in, more as a statement of what we put our faith in, as opposed to necessarily our expression. Because what will happen is we'll get tripped up along the way. And let me give you an example. Someone here likes to pray a lot. Who likes to pray a lot? Who's like long? Sarah, you like to pray a lot? It's awesome. Who likes to worship for like over an hour? You're just in the game. Worshipers, we got some worship. Oh, praise God for them. We got, we got some people that believe in healing and gifts and healing. Who's, who's got some healing people? Oh, amen. Okay, we got some of that. And then we got some people that just like to work hard for Jesus. Maybe you like to carry a box or something. We got some of those in the house. There we go. Uh, get stuff done, team. There we go. Jamin, what's up? And uh, so it, it's different. And here's where it gets a little tricky. Because I'm fully convinced that each one of us think that Jesus is most pleased when we're fully operating the way we want him to operate. The reason I know is because every time I'm in a conversation, somebody's giving me a new book. Why? Because that book has given them so much freedom, so much expression of how they were made to be. But if we aren't careful... We lose what the main thing's about. And then this, this complementary roles, we're all working together that there's purpose in it. Not everyone's going to pray as powerful. Not everyone's going to worship the same. And yes, we all do need a component of that. But how we express that is going to be a little bit more ambiguous. It's going to require a little bit of this. Now, this has been hard for followers of Jesus for a really long time. Here's why. Because it's not black and white. Here's what's black and white, for sure. Jesus is the son of God. He is the only way to get to heaven and that he loves people so desperately and that all people are sinners and that anyone who puts their faith in Jesus and believes in him alone will be made new, brand new, new creation. Old has passed away. They grab the whole of everything that's awesome and they get all of the kingdom of God and then how that fleshes out is a little different. More example, how about Paul? He says he had a messenger from Satan and he was it was like a thorn in the flesh. And three times he asked God, will you take this away? My grace is sufficient for you. And he started to use that as purpose. And then you have Barnabas is so encouraging and grabs, you know, Mark. And uh, in this moment with Paul, they disagree, but they, it doesn't say one was right or wrong. 
The reason I feel this conviction, especially for city life, is because we're going to bring, continue to bring all walks of people together, and we're going to have to continue to make the main thing the main thing, and then keep conversation open after the, 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 you know, the secondary things. And there's some things that secondarily I think are black and white that some of us are just straight up wrong. We're so quick to judge, so quick to not understand. And I think the, the, the technique is to understand. And one of the things just to understand as a church here this morning, understand how God made people and each one of them are different, but he's the author of it all. And so that forces me now to try to understand you a little deeper, not because I think you deserve so, I believe that God gave it to me, and so therefore I'm responding out of his love, and that's how he operates. It's so beautiful when you get that right. I want to know you more because I think Jesus wants to know you more. There's going to be times when I'm challenged and I won't understand you well. I want to go. And there's going to be times I miss the mark because I'm trying to love so deeply. There was this moment where my buddy invited me to this movie, and I said, me and my wife, we go out. We're like, we want to go with them to this movie. Don't worry, I'm going to open up the Bible, but... uh, Somebody's like, are we going to listen, read a Bible verse? Yes. Uh, most of the Bible's written in narrative. It's full stories and uh, full, you know, kind of engaged on themes and topics. And there's a lot of different things in it. And so that will help you too, especially when you read the Bible. Um, so you're not just, you know, one verse. This is it. Um, it's all it, Jesus. And so we go to this movie and we say, we make the fatal mistake because we want to love and hang out. And we say, you pick the movie. We don't care because we want to be super unreligious. Well, we're at this movie. And, uh, wow, right? It is not about the Jesus life. And my heart is beating through my chest. I'm like, I've been redeemed. I've been saved. God saved me from all this stuff. God, I'm letting you down. I'm so sorry. My intention was so right. God, I want to serve you. I want to love them. But my delivery was a little off. And I remember going home that night and I said, God, um, the goal is not to go to the movies. That would, be, or that, that would be horrible. But I think next time I can probably put a little bit more conditions on how I could glorify you a little better and have a conversation as opposed to just going with the flow. And I remember repenting for about a two-hour time. I just was so grieved that I w- made um, just a poor judgment call. And I, I kind of made a pact that I wouldn't watch any R-rated movies since then. Maybe some of you have made that kind of con- commitment before the Lord, and that's beautiful. That, that's healthy. It cultivates your relationship with God. But, but um, I started to realize other people go to R-rated movies, and they're Christians too. So that was my conviction. But then when Passion of Christ came out, what am I going to do? So I don't go to that one because it's R-rated? Or what about, uh, I felt like the Lord told me to go to Lone Survivor. I felt like that wrecked my world in the gospel. And it was weird because I felt like the Holy Spirit was started prompting me, go to this movie, go to this movie, go to this movie. And I do not recommend you go to Lone Survivor or watch it. If that's not your thing, I don't, it's not my thing. I'm telling you, we, we went to Studio C, we we're sitting down, my wife and I, and we got the food, we're getting ready. We're like, Lone Survivor, I don't really fully know. I think it's a war movie, babe. And uh, it was like, let's just eat. You know, you get the food, you pay about $40 for chicken tenders. And we spent about $85 about to call my friends up and tell them they need to increase our mission support and all these things. And we're sitting there and there's, there's only one other uh, couple in the room, and they're teenagers dating. And so I don't know how they got in that thing. So they're, like, joking around the whole movie. But as soon as the movie started, I couldn't even move. We just, you know, fried mushrooms are just sitting down and chicken tenders. I think that's what we ordered. They're just sitting there, and I was just captivated. Because I started seeing how um, expression of urgency and desperation and um, soldiers and what it would be like to feel from different sides. And that movie, you know, 
grabbed my attention so deeply because, you know, Navy SEALs helped film it. They trained it. In fact, they told the director, if you get this wrong, I'll kill you. And the director said, I believed him. And I think he meant it. And they, and it was very deep and, and so, so radical. And, and you could see how you could be a patriot, just super intense, but it was both. And my heart was grieving, understanding so much what's going on. You know, God cares about them. He cares about us. He's, he's working out his grand plan. I don't get it's a mystery a little bit because here's the beautiful thing about broken instruments. Here's the beautiful thing about art and expression and movies and books and things. It kind of communicates to the mystery um, in, in the depths of God that we can't fully always grasp. I want it to just be math. It won't just be math, friends. What you believe is, is crazy. And if you don't know Jesus yet, I would invite you to believe in the most craziest, awesomest thing ever. Because to the world, we're fools, but to God, we are saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. It's beautiful. Genesis 1.31, we talked about this briefly. It's just, God saw everything that he made, and behold, it was very good. I love this because now I'm not tempted to be in fear anymore. I'm not tempted to see something and instantly deem it as wicked because I don't understand it. Maybe God could be teaching me in something. So as followers of Jesus, I got to ask you a question. So when we think of Halloween, I do think Halloween is radically wicked. I do. I've went out with my kids and we've trick-or-treated and I think it's weird that, you know, this, you know, this old guy that looks, you know, he's straight up, you know, I don't even know. He's like Jim Carrey's grandpa and he just comes out and he's like, trick-or-treat, and, you know, and um, he's like popping up trying to scare me and it's kind of funny and I don't find anything nice about evil and scaring and fear. I, fear. I just don't. I'm not about that. Others, though, they love it. It's kind of even art to them, expression, and I love skulls, and you got one, and we all got one. Me, it ain't my thing. But wouldn't it be such a tragedy if we just let people that we thought were experiencing something evil just kind of continue without us being there? Now, I think there's a time, so hear this real clearly. I think there's a time when you do have to reject things, but it might not be definitive forever. So you might have rejected something in one season. I remember rejecting um, rap music, but then God gave me a redemptive plan to redeem what rap music would look like. And it's because I was kind of even a, a healthy fear. God, I don't want to go back to that world. But then I started having new faith to say, wait, ooh, you know what this means? It was very good. That word good there, you know what it's explaining? It's that aesthetically, okay, get this, aesthetically, the way it looks, the way it touches, the way it smells, it's beautiful. It shows the glory of God. This is so important for us because when we go to a business, when we see a great building, when we trying to understand music and art and movies with our relationship with Jesus is that we aren't compromising holiness in the midst of, we gotta ask this big, big question, okay? Does this glorify God? It's the most dangerous question you'll ever ask. Does this glorify God? How can my life glorify God? And so Tim Keller talks about this, that if you had in the room theologians, and so people that know the Bible really well, they're really needed. We lean on them for translations. We lean on them for understanding. And, but if we aren't careful, though, we'll have a lot of head knowledge, a lot of heart knowledge. And so this is where the connection needs to happen. You have people over here. They know the Holy Spirit really well. They get prophetic words. And then sometimes they say things that aren't even, they're not, not even in the Bible. They're, they're against the Bible, you know. And so it's how do you blend the two? How do you bring them closer? It's because they're not separate. Some could say that maybe this side is a little bit of art. This side is a little bit head knowledge. 
but they're both connected. But Tim Keller says this, if you give me a room with the theologians and you have the artist, I'm always going to pick the artist first because we can change the world. And if this side, we'll just have a bunch of Pharisees. Now, please hear what I'm saying. This side is so needed because we don't want to be expressing God in a way that could be wicked. But we want to do it in a way that communicates his beauty and his appeal ever since the very beginning. It was very good. Aesthetically pleasing. It was very good. Looks awesome. That reminds me of a creator. He must have designed this. And that can seem a little hard because now we start to say, well, am I worshiping the things? No. Anybody need a little reprogramming in their life? Starting to find out even what God's version of rest looks like? You know, when God's version of rest, here's what it looks like. It doesn't mean vegging out, sitting on the couch doing nothing. What it means is that I'm intentionally excited to do nothing to, to show that I'm in faith for God, that he can do more with my six days than I could ever do. And so I'm going to rest. I'm going to enjoy what he's given me. And I don't need to apologize for that. You don't need to apologize if you have dinner and it's amazing. You don't need to apologize if God's allowed you to go buy something. But how you do it is so important. Are you doing it in a way that communicates his beauty and his glory in everything? Because Jesus does take our broken lives and he plays perfect music through them. And once you start to understand the purpose for every setting, please, when you get the purpose for every setting, you'll start to become unstoppable. 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 Absolutely unstoppable. Unstoppable. You'll get the purpose of money. You'll get the purpose of work. You'll get the purpose of your marriage. You're unstoppable. How can I glorify God? This is unstoppable. It shouldn't take me 10 years in to figure out that God wasn't mad when I was selling cars. I didn't think it was just a great thing. And he was, no, it was unstoppable. I got to coach soccer Saturday morning. It was great being unstoppable as a parent. It's being present. You can't, just can't be stopped. We can't be contained because the Good news of Jesus is so uncontainable. And you know who does a great job of expressing that throughout history? Artists. They communicate the pain that we're feeling. They paint in a way that's so beautiful. Even jewelry and different things, if there's an expression and a purpose of what we're feeling and communicating, and I think it's awesome. This morning, I want to welcome uh, a friend to the stage. And some people knew him first as a performer. I got to meet him as a friend in our house one time for a Bible study and just seeking Jesus Christ. And I knew that um, people, you know, knew he was a big deal. Uh, so one of the most cutting edge uh, people in the Christian rap world, but, but I would say rap that is, you know, that happens to be a Christian world. So it doesn't have to be explicit in its own category. I mean, I mean, jumped into all categories, traveling, touring across the world and everything. And for whatever reason, God was so beautiful enough to bring him, his family and the whole culture and crew right here in Lansing, Michigan. And because it's about people and we don't always get to choose where God's placed us and he's placed us right here and it's beautiful. And how we're unstoppable is know the purpose of why we're here the purpose of why we're here. So he's going to perform a song this morning, and uh, then we're going to do a little bit of Q&A. So I want you to welcome to the stage, solo, but also his artist name, Serene Poems. <laughs> How y'all doing? Y'all good this morning? All right. Again, Serene Poems. This song is called Growing. Um, if you like me, you realize you still have a lot more growing up to do than you thought. 
Um, I've been walking with Jesus for a while and got married, had kids. I'm here in Lansing. Still growing. So, check it out, y'all. Y'all clap your hands with me like this. We're just babies, man. Grains of sand in the hands of the creator of man. With big plans to rule the world and everything in it. Can't forget the dead and the buildings that we live in. Taking what was given, God already gave dominion. Stealing from each other till we ain't got a pot to piss in. Lying, telling them, wishing for the chance to scheme. People of this world doing anything for the cream and hopes to rule anything and anything in between. To weave for the dreams like Alexander McQueen. I come clean like Xavier when taking the truth. More problems come with the money, I'm wearing the suit. Paper ain't the evil it's the hands that folded, imagine a ball of clay Shape and molded into a home for homeless The homeless is more, it's possible like God say The world is yours, we say run and walk it Back to crawling, that was all I knew to do Once a baby, now I'm grown Standing here before you Trials and tribulations, light and heavy situations Shake, pull, try your patience Shake, pull and grow your patience Running, walking Back to crawling, that was all I knew to do Once a baby, now I'm grown Standing here before you Trials and tribulations Light and heavy situations Shake, pull, try your patience Shake, pull Things kinda dicey, bowls looking icy Feeling like a piece of everything, trying to slice me Life, death, morning, night, everything alright Turbulence of life is hard when I wake up Especially when a good word I ain't even take up Lay me down to sleep in my mind, trying to stay up Wrestling with what I like to call a good idea Can turn into a song so when y'all get to hear In the name of fear, close my eyes tight And act like watching TV will suck me in like a poltergeist Hold tight to nine of daylight, rooster or owl Grounded all the while, my thoughts spinning around Such a beautiful sound, the stretching of bones from a boy to a man how much i've grown in our mellow tone i'm a goon on track got no more room to name the thought it's a fact i'm black we say running walking back to crawling that was all i knew to do once a baby now i'm grown standing here before you trials and tribulations light and heavy situations shake pull and try your patience shake pull and grow your patience running walking back to crawling that was all I knew to do What's a baby now I'm grown Standing here before you Trials and tribulations Light and heavy situations Shake, pull and try your patience Shake, pull and grow your patience Thank y'all for listening Huh? Yeah, that's yeah. good So One if you'd have a seat I'd love to ask you a few five. questions You will leave me hanging? Oh, my, oh, I didn't see that, sorry See, see, see how he do me. That's all right. It's cool. Sorry, hey, I, I could have just let it air out. Oh, I'm like that. I should. I, I could have like made that. the stage musty. I forgot to put deodorant on this morning. You did? Yeah. I, I put two, two pairs on. <laughs> no, thank you for not letting me leave you hanging because that would have been weird. Somebody would oh, have been like, "Wow, it's okay." Well, I was looking at my notes. <laughs> um, I want to ask you a couple questions. Okay, I'm, 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 I think I'm ready because we did not, we did not no. discuss the questions no. part. So. And, that's, and that's why um, I, don't know what you're gonna ask me. I wanted it on the fly because a little bit more organic um, to just really communicate kind of what God put in your heart. What would be, I guess, the reason of why you first started to make music and how did it inspire your view of God? 
Um, I actually started out writing poetry first, um, and then as time went on, I got more and more into hip hop, and uh, I went to performing arts high school. So that was art was just everywhere all the time, and uh, I met a group of cats. But when I moved up to L.A. right after high school, we had a Bible study. We used to mess around and freestyle. And uh, we said, let's, let's give it a shot. Let's do, let's do a group thing. And um, that became L.A. Symphony. Um, we did music. We, and it just, it, the first, I mean, we did one project. And then that ended up landing us on Warner Brothers Records and touring and doing all this stuff. And it was like, Okay, this is what God wanted us to do, you know. <laughs> so this is it. This is this is the journey. So uh, it, it literally it just happened really organic. It wasn't something that I pursued. It wasn't something that I was like, I want to be a rapper. I want to be a you know. I, I I hadn't started rapping until we started hanging out at that time. So uh, that's that's where that's where the journey began. Wow. Now I know with L.A. Symphony, um, kind of knowing some of the history and just early on, how. That wasn't always received well by Christians. Um, it was received by non-Christians really well. And um, how, how, how did you navigate that? And Because I believe God's used you as a catalyst to now where some of these people, you know, Christian rap is a main, it's a category now. And I think God has used you and so many different people all across the world. But I, I do believe that's one of the things that you deserve honor for. And so thank you for paving the way for so many people. But how did that make you? Yeah, yeah. So how, do, how, how was that emotionally, and how were you able to walk through that? And I guess just describe some of your experience of what that felt like and how, you know, church, relationship, artist, all that. Um, we, again, we, you know, being in L.A., it's like it's so, the city itself is just art-driven. It's art everywhere. So we went to a church called Oasis, which is off of La Brea. And, I mean, you go to church, and you sit down, and you hear somebody talk. It's like, man, that voice sounds familiar. Oh, that's Denzel Washington, two seats away from me. Hmm, interesting. Okay. Whoa, there's Angela Bassett. Like these people would come in and it was just art and it was just flowing and it was like, okay, we, we can make art, we can believe, and we can be utilized within the arena of the L.A. scene. And the L.A. scene was very, very uh, just broad. I mean, you had all these, I mean, there's so many different, there's religions that it, you hear about you know, like a high faith? What is that? Well, uh, all gods lead to heaven. You're like, really? That's different. I don't, I don't know, but whatever. How you doing? We can be friends. Let's talk. <laughs> you know. But it was um, it, that that whole thing. It was just it's a very free flowing place. So for us to do a show in a club, do a show in a church, do a show at a coffee shop, perform on in Venice Beach, it was it was natural. It was something that we were doing and, and and surrounded around all surrounded by all the time so yeah so that's really good to to kind of compartmentalize so your context was it was very normal but then somebody who's trying to understand it maybe in lack of no offense to anybody that's in idaho but they're trying to understand christian rap seeing it and they're they're trying to they're struggling because they think you know the church has now grabbed the devil's music rap, and, and, but it was just a way of life. And, and so I love that because that communicates how customizing Jesus is when he pulled you in it but then used you to, to reach people there. And I think it's really important. So there could be things you're seeing on TV or anything that God could be using, and you're literally against how God's using it just because you don't understand that region, um, i.e. Jesus at a, a wedding, and he changes water into wine. And so that was the setting. And so that's really challenging. Um, 
And so I've seen the effects negatively of people drinking. Um, but and Jesus showed up in that setting and he, and he made his power known. And so it's, it's, it's awesome. Um, one more question for you is how, I guess, you know, people have a tendency to see an artist and think, wow, you're so cool, <laughs> right? They do. And so you're, you're extra cool. And, and, and some of these other Christians here, they are definitely, they're not, as, they're not as cool dressing as you. And you already know who you are. And uh, how do you, how do you though, how do you find these? How do you, I guess, hope your music would inspire just all people? Because I know that's one of your hearts. Um, I, I just write about life. Um, that's, that's what inspires the music that I write. Uh, whatever I see, whatever I'm going through, what's going on in the world, the news. I, I think, you know, it's funny because it's something that, Artists talk about, as Christian artists, we talk about being more transparent, being more real, being more honest, being more upfront, being more bold in the music that we make as Christians. And no one pays attention to it until someone at a very high level says it. Bono says it, now everyone wants to do that. But I think that's, that's the point. It's Real life is happening. Everything isn't beautiful. Everything isn't pretty. There's ugly parts of life, and those things need to be talked about. There's hard parts there's easy parts all across the board like that needs to be talked about and so um for me i I hope that there's something that people can relate to throughout the project because i'm going to talk about whatever it is that's what i write about i don't sit at a at a beat and think you know what i want to make another track like migos did but do a christian version i'm not doing that that's good no i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna write what the song inspires in my heart at that time so that's that's you're being true to yourself That's good. That's transferable, friends. To be authentically you. Um, I I said one more question, but at least, lastly, tell us, uh, tell us your family, and you got some of the best kids' names ever. So people would like to know. Oh, my my wife Carla, sitting over there. She she sang and played the piano for you guys this morning. Um, And Zaire and Royal. Zaire is four. Royal is two. You got to kind of step them up, step them down. It's a yeah. natural gesture now. Give us the middle names too, because it's just um, they flow really well. Yeah, Zaire, Journey. No, hey, I'm saying it slow. You cut me off, yeah. Carla. Come on now. He's a poet. I, I'm saying it slow. You're just gonna cut. You gonna yeah. make me feel like I don't know my children' name in front of all these people. <laughs> it's okay. Come on like, now. It's it's the Lord. It's, I don't know my children' name. I'm sorry. Um, no, Zaire, Journey, Brooks, Royal Rhythm, Brooks. So. That's pretty neat, huh? Well, thank you so much. Give it up for Solo. Thank you. Serene Poems. He'll be in the hallway right after service, and I would love for you guys to go up, have a conversation, and do this. Invest in him. For real, buy all their CDs. Buy all of his CDs. And because tangibly, here's what we've done with artists, and I'll leave you with this thought, is artists have set the pace in culture, and so think of it with cities. Tim Keller writes that, when, when cities are revitalized, you know who goes first? It's the artists and the storytellers. And they make it all beautiful. And you know who wants to move there now? Then the business owners. You know what happens? And then they start developing in a way that it, it drives market prices really high. And then the artists are pushed out. And so are families that live there. And so it becomes this beautiful place. Think of it. It's happening right here, right now. Old Town. I remember in 2000 when I worked down there, people said it was the worst part of town. And the artists came in and started revitalizing and it became this organic thing. And now it's where business and it's higher market value. Commercial property is higher. 
And it, artists can't live there. They can't afford the condos there. Because we don't typically honor art and understand it, even especially as Jesus followers, until someone's dead. And we definitely don't want to give money towards it or a painting. Ah, but there's purpose in it. And it's purpose as an expression. But here's the point. Here's the point. It points to someone all the time. And for all of us, this is the filter. What is our craft saying or speaking? You say, well, I'm not an artist. Do you cook? What's your passion? You got hobbies? Do you work well? I, I can tell when I find an artist uh, um, who's, who's a landscaper. You can see it. What about an artist who loves to make homes? You could tell. What about someone that's so detailed as a dry cleaner? You can tell when they cared. Go and somebody makes your food for you, you can definitely know if they cared about you in the details, if they took their craft seriously unto the Lord. Colossians 3.17 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God the Father through him. This is a good filter for all of us. Everything you do, everything you do, everything, everything we do, whether our speech or in our deed and our practice, that we would want to give thanks all the time to God because he's made us right and that we're no longer on the outside. We're in the family. We're in the family. And the art communicates the mystery of God so that we can kind of understand him in his fullness into clean cut lines, but also kind of messy depths of the relationship of all of us. Amen. I want to pray for us today because I believe there's some people here that you don't even think about your craft as something that God is is pleased in and he wants, to, he wants to love. Sometimes people have said, well, I like to dance. Does Jesus like dancers? And that, well, I'll tell you what, the world's gonna recruit you because the world loved dancers. Somebody's like, I'm an artist. I don't know what to do. Does Jesus like artists? No, no. The world will recruit you. Well, I love food. And you know, if you, people that work at restaurants the, the, and they work late night, um, drugs are typically more prevalent in those communities because it's just like a way of life as opposed to imagine if we started to create a space for people to think of that in light of as a gift from God and he's the giver and he's given me this as a craft that I can hone in and everything I can do can please him and show his love. You've ate food not made with love and you've ate food made with love, right? There's a difference. I asked my wife, how do you make your pico? Well, you know, tomatoes, onions, cilantro, lime, and jalapenos in love. She says that every time. You can taste it. You can taste it. You can taste it. As, as if it's a spiritual impartation. You can taste it when somebody's authentically them. You are God's fingerprint, his, his exact masterpiece. And he's just longing that you would ask the crazy question, how can I glorify God with my life? How can I start to redeem my settings? What can I reject as evil? I don't need to partake anymore. And what can I just receive and not apologize for it? Just receive in the name of Jesus. God, we pray this morning um, that you would really increase our ability to think we're unstoppable in our craft. 
It's as if we get saved and then we're zombies till the grave. When you want us to live a life full, abundant, and I believe that comes with understanding our purpose. And in this place, I pray that you would breathe purpose. And everything we do, we would think, how can this glorify God? But how can this love people? I mean, people, for real, love them. And still be authentically us. God, even in this place, there's some callings that are kind of rising to the surface. There's some giftings that someone's like, I am good at this. Wow, maybe God is pleased when I do that. Well for him. I hear the word activate. God is activating some people. And I hear the word permission. I think God's giving permission to people to be themselves. And I I hear the word purpose because now he's showing you how this works in his kingdom as opposed to it being plagiarized in the devil's kingdom. The devil is not a creator. He's, He's whack on all levels. He's the liar. He's confusing. He's ridiculous. He prostitutes everything that God makes. He perverts it all. He is wicked. He is the problem. But there is a purpose as we see these things perverted. And we got to strip the layers and get right to the source and to the core. And we see, "Mm, nope, devil, you're a liar. God made it as good. It's good. This building's good. Our relationships are good. Our car's good. That God is the author and orchestrator of things that are effectively good. And so God, I pray that you'd really sear that on us. I've said that twice and I really believe it's, it's like a, today, I just like a, like an imprint that we're not the same. It's just, wow, permission, activation this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. In the authority of Jesus today, a king's kid, in the authority of Jesus, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, I'm for real, go Talk to Sareem, poems, get those CDs, connect with him. We'd love to see you next week, 10 and 11.30. Baptisms are going to take place. Dennis Preston will be with us next week. I think we're lining up that. Uh, maybe that's, well, we're one email away from the confirmation, but it sounds like he's coming. Um, he's amazing. He'll, he'll be talking about uh, how he draws caricatures and how he's a Christian, and he drew my CD before I knew Jesus, and my CD was not Jesus, and God's love I could feel through him and then full circle several years later, I'm, later, I'm seeing him. It's just a beautiful, beautiful, um, powerful thing. And he draws, he, if you ever went to Big B and you've seen those napkins on the, on the wall, have anyone ever seen those? You ever seen those? And so he will draw, he'll go into Big B's and just draw things and napkins and he'll put a tip down at the bottom of it. If you want this, you got to, got to give a tip to the Big B worker. This guy's been investing in people for so long. And so it's so beautiful. Well, thank you, um, Solo, today for sharing some of your story. And I know that I've tasted the fruit from his ministry, his life, and their focus and their family. And I've been encouraged by it. And I pray that his music would encourage you today. Go in the strength of the Lord. We love you guys. We'll see you next week.